Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Don't Quote Me. I'm your host, Orla Condon, and this week I'm joined by journalist Sydney Yates, who, like myself, adores all things reality TV and pop culture, writing for some of the UK's biggest publishers, including Metro UK. Coming up on today's show, I'm a Celebrity 2022 is getting everybody talking. Jennifer Aniston speaks out about IVF troubles in Tell All Interview. And as The Crown returns for season five, we're discussing the Netflix show that blends fact and fiction. In other news, I'm unashamedly discussing my early Christmas prep. Sydney is discussing her love of Netflix's new reality show, Buying Beverly Hills, while you guys are sharing who would be your dream I'm a Celeb Catmates. Let's get stuck in. Okay, guys, last week we had a bit of a, we had a heavy one. We had some stories we needed to cover. It was a bit of a slog. You stuck in there with us. I appreciate it. feel like we're going to have a little bit more of a fun chat today. Uh, Very excited to talk about our first topic. But first, introducing our lovely guest, entertainment journalist with the Metro, Sydney Yates. Uh, We have had a bit of a social media link ever since you wrote a piece um, for all the Love Island fans who listen to my bottom paper. And I know the majority of you you are that. Sydney, you wrote a piece last summer, 2021, I believe. And it was after the comments were made about LGBTQ plus inclusion in Love Island and the, what was the logistically difficult um, comments. And you and one of your colleagues did a bit of a deep dive into this topic and why that was such a bullshit excuse from ITV and why it was disappointing for long-term fans like me and yourself. And I remember just reading the piece and I was like, oh, I need to get around my pot and paper. We couldn't make it work because of conflicts and timing and all that. But we've got, we've dragged you in here. <laughs> so we'll get it in the chat in. But yeah, that was, just to talk about that briefly, Ooh. that was a really interesting, and I, I find that discussion in general about Love Island 
really, really interesting because as a gay woman myself, as much as I would love to see myself represented in reality TV and that space because I adore it, I am incredibly nervous of a show like Love Island trying to represent me and and even the the bigger minority groups that face further backlash, like people who identify as transgender or gender fluid. And it makes me incredibly nervous. Yeah, I agree with you there a hundred percent. Um I I feel though it's just it's it's lazy from ITV that they haven't yeah. even made or attempted to make the step in the right direction. The piece is, I presume, still on the Metro for anyone who, who wants yeah. to read it. I will link it in the show notes. It's a really interesting. It's from last year, but it very much still applies. I'll put it in the show notes so people can have a read. Um, but let's get on to our first chat, which I'm excited about because I know you've been yeah. writing about it a lot over the last week, as I can imagine. Yeah. There's a lot of content here. Uh, which again must be a relief after the last couple of years of I'm a Celebrity being really shit. Like it's been it's really been bad. So boring. I'm sorry. I hated Wales. I really did. It's not the same, is it? Like I also, do you know what? I kind of feel bad as well for the celebs who signed up. Like I know there was some of them who did it because they were like, oh, it's logistically easier for me to just go to Wales because I have kids or whatever, whatever reason that was. Mm. But I'd be like, I was really shortchanged. I got a really shit series. Like It's really exactly. just jumped back up again immediately. Yeah. Like it's just a different show. Oh, it really is. I mean, I am angry though. Are you? <laughs> I'm angry. So... Let, let's cover the Olivia Atwood stuff first before we get into, because yeah. I'm really interested to hear your, your take on this. But yeah, so the, the first kind of big story that came out, obvi- well, obviously before it started, we heard mm-hmm. the lineup and then we heard that Sean Walsh and Matt Hancock would be joining late, which obviously caused a lot of controversy, a lot of debate about whether it was the place for someone like Matt Hancock, given his history. Um, mm-hmm. But in the early episodes, um, Olivia Atwood, who I was extremely excited about seeing on this show, I think she's brilliant TV. She's great in reality TV. She's super smart, super witty, really clued in. And I, I feel like she would, be, she would have been such a good feisty energy just to get things going. She had to withdraw with... I think it was like just after 24 hours um, Mm -hmm. and it was these reports that it was on medical grounds and then there was all these kind of whispers about what that could mean. They were keeping it very hush-hush. There was people suggesting that maybe she was pregnant. Was it this, that and the other? Thankfully, she has come out with an interview where she's kind of clarified what those first few days looked like. Um, And she said that a blood test found that she was dangerously anemic, which... Is interesting, I guess, because a lot of all of the islanders go through these medical kind of tests before they go mm. in. So it makes you question how she got as far as she did, only to be pulled out. Because she seemed to be a huge fan of the show who really wanted to take part, like was excited to take part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly that. Um, it was quite, I don't know whether there's a bit of a conspiracy going on. It was really weird. And she said... Yeah, that she was randomly given or pulled out to have this blood test taken to hospital. And actually the hospital said her bloods, well, didn't they say that her bloods were fine eventually? But it was the medics at ITV who said that she was dangerously anemic. So something's not adding up. 
So she said in her quotes to the Daily Mail, she said, um, the, nobody could give me an answer with what was wrong. They just told me that I had to get to a hospital immediately. The results were really, really low when they put um, them into the reader <laughs> and they consulted with another doctor off site. I had those bloods done in England before I left and they were fine. I was confused and obviously very, very worried. Um, and then she said, yeah, that it was fine then afterwards in another check. And, and then you would ask the question, you know, like, do ITV have stricter standards than a hospital does potentially like that could be the case yeah who knows at this point I am I'm just really upset that she's not on the show and there was such a kind of confusion as to why she was taken out and you know all the rumors and everything going around yeah um yeah, Especially given that they didn't really reference it. Like they, the island or the campmates didn't reference it really at all, which seemed really weird. Yeah, you would have thought, even on like Love Island, when they get rid of a contestant or someone's had to be removed from the villa, for example, yeah. there's normally some sort of exit narrative, right? So then yeah. they normally either have contestants go to the beach hut and talk about why they've gone. And yeah, it was really weird that it was like Anton Deck just gave a kind of speech at the beginning of the show one of the episodes last week saying that she'd gone and that was it they were like oh she's gonna appear in a certain trial because she's filmed up until her exit and then it's like she was never even on the show she's still in the credits but they yeah it was a bit like the Try Guys statement, wasn't it? Like, we, we've oh tried God. to remove her as much as possible, yeah. but she will appear in certain scenes. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's so strange. I, it's devastating. I was so ready yeah. for her to go on the attack. I'd predicted this. I had it all in my head that she was going to, you know, give Matt Hancock, yeah. um, a, you know, run for his money, grill him, but whatever, go to town on him, turn yeah. him to pieces. Um like yeah devastating and she would have been a really well-placed person to do that because I think Mm. there would have been an immediate dismissal by Manny about her intelligence and 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 I say that that is something that she is used to in a lot of rooms we see this all the time with reality stars when they go on these spaces there is a presumption of a lack of intelligence and I think she Mm. would have been well armed with a, a baton to beat him with and I think it would have taken a lot of people by surprise and I I mean, I would have, I'm paying the TV license to see that. You know what I mean? Like, I want to see that. I want to see that. (laughs) I was so ready. I had the popcorn ready. I was ready for her (laughs) to go to town. And, oh, just, I I really hope that ITV bring her back next year. Yeah, surely they will, right? Like, who was it? I I think of, um, like, Jamie Lang on Strictly when he couldn't do it because of injury. And then they brought, like, surely... Yeah, Surely. exactly. Although you say that, I think uh, Craig Charles was on I'm a Celebrity. This must have, oh, it's years ago. Um, and he left after, I think it was a day or two um, because of a bereavement. And I don't know whether he was invited to go on it again. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I oh, I really hope that, you know, ITV, yeah. ITV extend the favour, but I don't know whether... That bridge has been burned. I don't know the ins and outs of how it. I all... guess I'm I'm optimistic given obviously she did that docu series with ITV about the sex industry, and that yeah. went really well. And she's spoken about like working on further projects with ITV. Mm. So potentially, if she stays within the roster of kind of ITV talent, then yeah. it's like a good incentive for them to get her back on there. But I, I get what you're saying. Twelve months. 
what controversy could come out that might ruin <laughs> jeopardizer chances i know i know well i got my fingers crossed i think she's brilliant tv and i think out of all the love islanders that we've had over the past few years she is yeah number one i think to be on yeah. a show like i'm a celebrity she she's really is I feel yeah. I feel like if I was to pick anyone else to go in, it would be someone from that series. Yeah, it, I, yeah, I don't yeah. think I could have any more recent Islander go in there. I'd, I'd need like a mm-hmm. like a Chris or a Kim or yeah. Camilla or so. You want like you kind of want someone from that that yeah, generation 100%. of Islanders. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that she makes yeah. back. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, look, we held out hope that she would be the one to grill Mac- Matt Hancock. Mm. He's not been spared from it, but he's definitely getting a getting a soft launch out there. Um, uh, yeah, it was hugely controversial controversial when this was announced that Matt Hancock was going in. Former health secretary uh, during the pandemic uh, caught breaking his own not rules but guidelines, as he reiterated <laughs> on a recent episode. Um, he was caught having an affair uh, outside of his marriage to Martha Hancock, I believe is her name, um, and then had to resign. And he has kind of worn that resignation as somewhat of a badge of honor in recent episodes, kind of saying like, oh, well, look, I took responsibility. It's like, pal, you didn't have a fucking choice. Like, you had no <laughs> choice. You were out on your ear. Yeah. Um, obviously, I... Um, a newish resident of the UK. I lived through COVID in Ireland, so I, do, I feel like I don't have as raw uh, hatred, I feel it's fair to say, for Matt Hancock. Um, mm. As someone who has been through COVID here in the UK, who lived under his guidelines or rules or whatever you want to call them, what do you make of this, both personally and like as a PR move for him? I think it's outrageous. Like I said before, I I'm so angry that he's on this show. I'm really angry for like the people who were impacted by his decisions during lockdown, uh, who were looking forward to watching I'm a Celebrity as a little bit of escapism and yeah. then having to be forced to watch him on this program. It's kind of mad that ITV booked him in the first place. I think it's mad that he's accepted it. It's mad that he's getting paid £400,000 for the pleasure of going on it. Yeah. Um, it's mad that he's a sitting MP and he has constituents at home who need his help for getting through a cost of living crisis. Yeah. There are so many things wrong with this booking. Uh, and it's just frustrating seeing that he's literally been handed a redemption arc on a yeah. plate, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah, it has been. I mean, he when it was announced he was going in, he lost the Tory party whip if if you don't mind, would you be able to kind of explain what that might mean? A lot of our listeners are Irish. Would you like it's a it's a role that he's not elected into, right? He's it's given to him by the party. Um yes. so that is a role that they can take away, right? But he obviously can't be removed as an MP because he's a publicly elected official. Yeah, you've basically nailed that, I think. Oh, brilliant. To my, under- <laughs> I think that, to, my under- to my understanding. Yeah. I think that's I think that's it. <laughs> So yeah, he's kind of lost all of his extra privileges within the Tory yeah. party is kind of my understanding of, of, of what it meant. Yeah, but yeah. he is still, like you say, a representative for an area of the UK and now he is not there. The show is three weeks, right? Like three and a half, three weeks, three and a half weeks. Three, yeah, three and a half weeks. Um, and like you say, I mean, the news cycle here is 
is pretty much constantly we are going into, if not already in a recession. And I mean, my my mum is over from Ireland this weekend and I'm like, is Ireland in a recession? Like, what? <laughs> have I made a mistake? And she's like, it's not as bad, I have to say. Like here, yeah. it's like strap in folks because things are going to get pretty fucking rocky. And it's it's yeah. really interesting to see people like Charlene, who I really expected to kind of go hard on him. Mm. And and I you can't put the responsibility on the campmates either, right? Like it's a really shit situation for them to be in as well. Oh, it's horrible, isn't it? Because you have this expectation that you know you're going into this show, and you know you're going to have some personalities that you might not get on with, but you know what? You kind of roll with it, you yeah. get over it, whatever. But then you have someone like Matt Hancock come in, who is such a controversial figure, yeah. who has been such a massive character in all of our lives over the past two years, yeah. to kind of come in. How the hell do you navigate that situation? But yeah. also, they're on TV as well. There are cameras rolling 24-7. So I guess also another concern that they'll have in the back of their minds is how am I going to, how am I coming across? Yeah, how am I going to be received? And and <laughs> yeah. then on both sides of that, if I come down too hard, how will yeah. I, and, or also if I give him a pass, what is that going to do? And we see people like Chris Moyles yeah. kind of finding it hard. And uh, Chris, and Chris Moyles is coming across mm. as, I don't want to say calculating, because I think that sounds like quite like yeah. a, like a villain but I yeah. think he is very very aware of mm-hmm. his status as like the king of breakfast radio but that he is now in a very different audience category and he is probably being exposed to a lot of people for the first time mm-hmm. and I think he is very aware of the fact that he has a reputation that could be damaged by the show and I think it's really interesting to see him struggle with Matt breaking down those barriers with some people who had a real problem like Sue Cleaver who plays Eileen on, on Kari Charlene like I said who people will know from Loose mm-hmm. Women and ITV News mm-hmm. and and I mean Matt was getting hugs from them last night on the show because he said he really regretted everything he did and he's looking for forgiveness and they're all so human of him he's so human and Chris Moynes is like I'm just not buying it I'm just <laughs> not fucking buying it like it's really interesting to watch isn't it yeah I'm I'm waiting for the fallout I think something's gonna have to give with Chris Moyles because you can't hold on to these feelings you know you have to kind of let them out somehow and I feel that we haven't seen yet him kind of air these air these feelings of confliction to him yeah and I think someone like uh boy George will only be too ready to add to that kind of chorus oh, when Chris um, Moyles does decide to say actually Matt yeah he'll like, be rubbing his hands and getting ready to kind of <laughs> yeah. like we're not made bombs and walk yeah. off <laughs> I find it really interesting as well that like obviously we saw um Babatunde ask him about the affair and him being oh, yeah. caught red-handed I think in his office like mm. shifting making out with uh, Gina Colangelo, I want to say her name is. Um, not his wife is what you need to know. He was caught having a very passionate embrace, fully hands-on ass action. And Baba Tunde is fully like, you were grabbing her arse. Like you were absolutely <laughs> feeling her up. Like what the fuck? And I kind of love that people like Baba Tunde 
have the permission to ask this question and there's not going to be a, a producer on whatever, you know, BBC Newsnight or whatever it might be or a PR handler pulling him out that he has to sit there and listen to Bob Dundee say, you were grabbing her booty. <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant, wasn't it? Oh, God. Uh, so needed. But at the same time, yeah, you're completely right. All these campmates have these questions that they need answering just like the rest of us. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was really funny that it was coming from Baba Tunde and, you know, he wasn't holding back. Yeah. He was saying exactly what we were all thinking. And he can get away. I think as as the like the like the local comedian in camp, he, ha- he has that. Per- I feel like, you know, if journalist Charlene did ask, it's a different energy. Like, yeah. obviously, she probably wouldn't have put it like that as well. But it's like a different <laughs> it's a different energy. And it it comes across as more of a grilling. Whereas I think Baba Tunde was really able to kind of slip in under the radar a little bit and be like, come on, come on, yes. let's talk about it. Uh, exactly that. Exactly that. I think, yeah, there was a a kind of almost... I think as a comedian, like like you said, as a comedian, you're able to get away with asking those particular questions in a particular way and getting yeah. getting a particular answer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you wouldn't have got that from Charlene, like you said. It what, was just... Oh. What do you think about his exit from this? I know like Chris Moyles was asking, you know, <sighs> what's the plan after this? And Matt was kind of... I don't think he was doing like a publicity push for the book, but I think he was like, oh, this is a handy little way for me to drop in that my book is coming and that I'm going to talk all about it. And it's like, where, what's the plan? Because this was obviously, this is not like a quick decision that was made. This was a conversation between his people and ITV probably for a while. And Mm -hmm. I mean, he's getting reportedly £400,000. That's a figure that would have taken a while to settle on. This is a plan and it's a part of a longer term plan. What do you think he does from here? Like, does he continue to be an MP or go for election or re-election again, whenever that is? And like, does he continue to stay in that space? Or do you think this is his pivot into kind of a, you know, like a a polit- political mouthpiece that'll do TED Talks and, and all this kind of shite and get paid to talk at corporate events and all that kind of, like, is this the pivot? I'm really worried that it is the pivot. I really am. I think what we're going to see from him next is more television appearances. I feel like he's not going to go away quietly. Yeah. I feel like, you know, what big brands are going to sign him after he leaves the jungle, whether he leaves the jungle uh, last, or whether he is miraculously crowned king of the jungle, which I don't even want to think about. <laughs> oh. um, but I mean, we'll probably see him at the red carpet, uh, on the red carpet yeah. to the NTAs next year. Yeah. Um, you know, he's probably gonna be picking up television appearances. We're gonna see him more on television. Will he get his own ITV spin-off show? Imagine. Oh my god. Yeah, so this but is my feeling. He has all of these campmates now who are going to be kind of friendly with him, which you can't blame them for either. And that's in that situation. Like Sue said, like at some point you have to say. Either mm-hmm. I park it and try and get on with this guy or it's going to just be my frustration to live with. They're going to be kind of his PR champions as well when they come out of this because everyone is going to be asking. I mean, if you yeah. got interview time with Boy George, you would be saying like, what was it like sitting yeah. in the camp with yeah. Matt Hancock? Like, what what was that? Like? And they're going to say, oh, he's mm-hmm. a nice guy. And he says that. Like, he has all these little soldiers now going out to add to this echo chamber of... Oh, but he's a lovely guy and people make mistakes. 
which is the narrative that they're very much peddling. That is 100% the narrative. And I just think that I'm a celebrity, unfortunately, is just the beginning. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I feel like this is the redemption arc he, he wanted. Uh, yeah. You know, he was asking his campmates, well, telling his campmates, all he wants is forgiveness. They've given him forgiveness to some extent. Yeah. Um, I worry that viewers <laughs> are also going to be swayed by his this narrative that ITV have given yeah. him. You know, I think I think he's seeking out a career in television, and yeah. I think he's going to be all plastered all over our screens. This is just the beginning, and this is like yeah. some twisted black mirror. <laughs> To be honest, <laughs> like this, the 2022 bingo card is just getting wilder and wilder and wilder. I'm like, what parallel universe are we in? It really um, is. Like, there's no stopping him. I think at the moment. I mean, he's he's already on his fifth Bush Bush Tucker trial. Yeah. Um, and I think, oh my god, how did we get here? How, how did we get here? How did we get here? <laughs> And ITV are, ITV are coming out of this pretty unscathed, like all, in all the conversations. And we're seeing it on ITV Network, like we're seeing it on This Morning, we're seeing it on Loose Women, we're seeing all of their roster of talk shows, including this debate about, is it right that Matt Hancock is on I'm a Celebrity? The network, like the show, that this network. So it's really interesting to see them I mean everyone saw the clip of Toph on this morning I think it, it was like going around on TikTok of her kind of saying that this is the most embarrassing thing she has ever witnessed from the Tory party and I think it's really interesting to hear her say that on this morning on ITV a channel that is paying this man 400,000 like why is there not this conversation about the ITV responsibility as well and th- and then it just always boils down to views and to clicks and they're getting all of it based off Matt Hancock. Like, have you written a story about I'm a Celeb? Maybe one out of 10 is not about Matt Hancock, I would imagine, right? Like, they're all... Oh, they're all about him. Yeah. He, it's all about him. It's the best PR ITV could have yeah. ever asked for. And him as well. There's no such thing as bad press. <laughs> I, I mean, you, you definitely press. hit bottom and then you're like, it's all, it's all <laughs> up from here. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, it's... Oh, it's just really, really frustrating. Um, and yeah, like I was saying, with he, he's been voted to do his fifth Bush Tucker trial tonight. Um, and initially, what what I thought when he was going into the jungle, there was so much backlash. People were signing petitions. Yeah, lots of people were angry. And I thought, oh, you know what? Maybe people will watch him do one trial and kind of get some got get something out of it you know uh and that'll be it but no people are wanting to see more of him to take more yeah. take on more of the trials get him more airtime yeah and it's just like you know and I think as well like even I mean he's handling the trials really well he's doing That's really well in the trials they don't seem to face him very much the eating trial which is usually a hugely controversial twitter is hopping was very very bland this year because himself and boy George just did so well it's also interesting that most of the challenges that are coming up now and I should say as well as we're recording this it's Sunday night so there will be another two episodes of I'm a Celeb by the time you're listening to this but also that all of the trials are now becoming two-handers because obviously ITV are kind of thinking we need the audience to get to know some other people other than Matt because right now he is the person I know most about out of this entire group because he's just on the screen all the time 
Yeah, it's literally the Matt Hancock show at the moment. Yeah. And I think it's it's going to backfire on ITV because that's all viewers are seeing right now. And it's so boring. Like it was it is a bit boring. Kind of interesting seeing him do the first one, but you know, I was so angry that he was even on my screen in the first place. <laughs> but now it's the fifth one. It's like, come on, can we please start voting for other celebrities? They're yeah. probably sick of it as well. I mean, what is it? It's boredom as well. Like we hear yeah. that all the time from managers when they come out or campmates when they come out that they're just so bored. So like, yeah, I'd exactly. like, I'd love to just do something disgusting for a couple of hours just to give me something to do and feel like I did something <laughs> with my day. Exactly. And also like, I, if I was Sean Walsh, I'd be pretty happy that I was walking in with Matt Hancock because <laughs> like, can like, can you give a brief <laughs> recap on Sean Walsh and why he is there other than the fact that he's like a mildly known comedian well so he Sean Walsh was on Strictly Come Dancing in 2018 and he was partnered with Katia Jones who was married to fellow professional dancer Neil Jones who was also on the show right who was also on the show I don't know whether he was matched up with a celebrity at that time but he was yeah also a part of Strictly Uh, and Sean Walsh basically got caught kissing Katia on a night out um, while also being in a relationship with a long-term girlfriend, Rebecca Humphreys. And so he was obviously the main talking point at that time on Strictly. He went and did an apology. Both him and Katia, you know, did an apology. He broke up with his girlfriend who wrote a really, really scathing statement revealing that he cheated on her on her birthday Uh, and there was a lot of talk about his controlling behavior as well at the time I remember right like she she really seemed to insinuate that it was a very toxic relationship and that this was kind of the final straw of public humiliation for her yeah and again like I mean he I remember working the entertainment desk at that time and covering and this was like again a rolling story that people were just like so interested in and then when she was adding this context to what kind of life as her well her perspective of of what he is like as a partner and he then was asked about this I think Sue asked him about this in in camp and again kind of spoke about you know she kind of said and she obviously kind of had a vague understanding that something controversial had happened he kind of recapped it and he said Mm. you know to be he said to be totally honest with you my poor ex-girlfriend at the time posted this statement and that was the end of me. And I I just twig uh, that twigged with me because I just remember writing about the the letter that she had written. Yeah. And very much this insinuation that it was a toxic and I other people like other kind of mildly famous people were commenting and kind of saying, you know, we stand with Rebecca Humphreys and this yeah. is really upsetting to hear this and you know, cheating is bad, but this other stuff is actually the real problem. Like, like you know, him getting caught kissing Katia was obviously shitty behavior, mm-hmm. but the other stuff was kind of the darker stuff that people were like, "We should be more concerned about this." Yeah, and it's been totally just like glazed over. Like he told this story as if like, "Oh, I got <laughs> caught with my hands in my pants, and it was really <laughs> embarrassing for everyone." It's like, pal, there was so much more to this story than you're telling us. Exactly, I know, and he was only speaking to Sue for what two, three minutes, and that yeah. was it. And it's not been brought up since. It probably won't be brought up again. And that was yeah. it. You had Sean talking about that. You had Matt Hancock talking about his affair in yeah. one episode. And I think it's just going to be parked now, and everything's going to move on. Everything's going to, yeah. And with that, we're moving on, um, because we have some other stories to talk about. 
Um, this week, Jennifer Aniston was in the headlines. She did an interview, a cover story with Allure. Um, people will probably draw images of their to their mind of her with a little Chanel bikini. She's got the really long stenos in. Like I'm thinking like 0203 Friends when Rachel had the really long hair and she was dating Bruce Willis on the show. Like she looked amazing. She looked absolutely divine. She spoke about a lot of things that... Not that she's not spoken about before, but I guess it was probably the most honest, or, uh, the most transparent she has been about these issues. And the one that caught the attention of most people was her fertility struggles, which again is frustrating and ironic because she has been trying to escape this narrative, I suppose, for decades. Um, but I guess this was her kind of taking ownership of this story and what the light, what the lived experience of this was. I mean, I personally remember like being a teenager throughout the noughties and like kind of starting to absorb so much celebrity culture and, you know, you know, entertainment sites and magazines and really like it all came at us in the early noughties and into the early tens. And every headline was about the fact that this is her age and she still doesn't have kids. Brad left her for Angelina because she couldn't give him a baby. You know, Justin Trudeau is going to leave her as well for the same reason. Everyone leaves her. It was all this thing about how she was just this like, barren woman who couldn't give all of these desirable men children and eventually they would leave as a result like it was horrific it was horrific mm. and she spoke about it in this interview about struggling with IVF about that part of her life about the relationships that she went through during those struggles and I just found it really really surprising actually that she chose to kind of speak about it now when there wasn't any pressure I feel like she's kind of she's kind of past that yeah. hump and her past that hurdle what like it's interesting right that she's come out and she's spoken about this yeah I did feel like it kind of came from nowhere but yeah. I guess you know deep inside her she had to kind of put ownership on this story and tell it how it is and oh I just found it really heartbreaking um yeah you know like you said there's always been this kind of gross intrusion and immense speculation about her relationships about her desire to have children does she want children is she putting her career yeah. first like and yeah. this is yeah like you said it stemmed back to Brad Pitt um when she was in a relationship married to Brad Pitt and then they divorced and it was all this speculation as to why they ended things and this kind of whole narrative has just followed her throughout her career um yeah and it's really sad and she has spoken before about wanting to start a family and wanting to have children and wanting to have it all really have have the amazing career in television and film and also yeah. become a mum so I found it really sad to read yeah um some of the stuff that she said in the interview she said I was trying to get pregnant it was a challenging road for me that baby making road all the years and years of speculation it was super hard I was going through IVF drinking Chinese teas you name it I was throwing everything at it I wouldn't I would have given anything if someone had said to me freeze your eggs do yourself a favor but you just don't think about it so here I am today the ship has sailed I actually feel a little relief now because there is no more can I maybe 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 I don't have to think about that anymore that chapter is closed and it's it's just so sad for some for someone if they want to have kids and that's something that they're trying to have and maybe it's not coming at a time that's ideal mm -hmm. and that they're not really kind of aware of those options or being advised to take those options and it just doesn't happen and then it gets to a point where that where that door is closed and doing and experiencing that any anyway 
as just a regular person, but to experience that in front of this constant narrative that she's, like you say, choosing her career above having Mm. kids or above her partner and that her partners are then saying, well, I want children. And it's just awful to think of someone struggling with that and, and this whole public persona being, oh, but she's too career focused and she just, she's heartless. She doesn't want kids. Oh, it must have been so difficult and so hard to navigate that struggle um, against the endless. It was literally endless speculation over the years. I just don't know how she handled it, really. And also, it's just so I find this stuff so weird because, again, working in the spaces that we do, you would just never you would never write like we see these stories all the time, right? Like Chloe mm. Kardashian or Ki- or Courtney Kardashian puts up a picture where there's the slightest shadow under her tummy, and straight away there are places that write, you know, and 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 they go behind the guise of you know fans suspect and fans mm-hmm. believe because they'll find a couple of tweets that say Courtney must be pregnant or this, and that'll be the excuse that they will give for writing these stories. Well, someone else said it. We're just reporting on what someone else said, and that's how the yeah. stories go. And it's it's that's where the culture is now versus outlets having the goal kind of 10, 15 years ago to say, look at this and like zoom in on this little pooch and like this is the baby, right? Like this has to be the baby. Whereas now it's like, well, their fans are saying and all the comments on our Instagram is asking so we can report. We're not far away. We're definitely better, but we're not far away from that space. No, so I think we've still got a, a long way to go. Um, oh, it's just heartbreaking. It shouldn't it shouldn't have to be like that for any celebrity or anyone going through yeah. any any, you know, fertility journey. Yeah. Really. Or and for any people, female celebrity, actually. Yeah. And for people who don't want to have kids and want to focus on and that's not something that they want that to be weaponized against them. And, and, you know, that used to make them feel like they are less than or, mm-hmm. you know, it's bizarre. Um, Brad Pitt and Justin Theroux have, have responded through various yeah. mediums. A spokesperson for Brad Pitt or a source, I believe, actually responded via Hollywood Life. They said Brad respects Jennifer's decision to come clean about her struggles with infertility. The two of them have had their ups and downs and they are very much friends today. Come clean about her struggles with fertility, I thought was a really interesting phrasing yeah that doesn't sit well with me doesn't it like it shouldn't and like, have to be like oh she admits or like she comes clean. like she was up. keeping a lie and it's like yeah it a private life like she was entitled <laughs> to keep that private like I thought I thought that was really and look we can all I mean people will probably say as they listen to this like ah you're being too you know you're reading too much into it no I don't know these sources go over these comments and like they're very deliberately written it is these are not you know people who are caught on the hop for a comment this is usually something that has been drafted yeah um, that's a bit it's a bit icky it's a bit yeah. icky. while well, um, just drew just responded with a fist pump and a heart emoji on her instagram which i thought that was really nice i thought cute. it was nice seeing her be so supported for that interview yeah um, and you had the likes of kaylee coco as well kind of coming out and voicing support yeah um yeah and i think Last week, it was just a big week for fertility stories as well. You had yeah. Rebel Wilson um, coming out and revealing that she's had a baby daughter via surrogacy. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, two days later, you've got Jennifer Aniston talking about her IVF struggles. So it was a big week. Yeah. 
it's just, yeah, it just reminds me of that kind of sad culture and then reminds me that we're so still there. <laughs> like it's just wrapped in a slightly different bow, but it's still quite similar. The discussion points around these mm-hmm. stories. It also just reminds me that like Jennifer Aniston has crazy good relationships with her exes. Like she does, doesn't she? I so we spoke to I don't know if you're a married at first sight fan, but yes. So we spoke to Ella Ding from the Australian version of the show a couple of weeks ago. Oh, and, I haven't watched the Australian one. Oh, get on Australia. It's so good. It's so, oh. so, so good. But she spoke about being friends with her husband from the show and that she likes to stay friends. And I was like, that's fucking insane to me. Why, why would you want that in your life? And how do you do that? And here Jennifer Aniston as well. Like, I mean... <laughs> Maybe it's maybe it's a happier life. Maybe it's a happier life to not have that. Maybe. I don't want to find out though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not interested in testing theory, but like respect. I mean respect. Um okay, it's been a big week in telly this week. Full disclosure, I am not finished this yet. Mm-hmm. So for the sake of this, I am aware of some I can't say they're spoilers because they're historically in the books right but the crown yeah. season five are you a crown fan I presume you are oh no not really I hadn't <gasps> I know I know it's spoiler alert I had only seen bits and bobs of the crown before series five came out and then series okay. five came out and I got to see the preview episodes so the first four episodes yeah and let me tell you this era I think is just brilliant I think even if I hadn't had those previews, I would have tuned in anyway. Yeah. Because it's just such a fascinating time. Like, you've got so much going on. You've got the Martin Bashir interview. You've got the Diana tapes. Yeah. You've got the impending Diana and Charles divorce. You've also, I don't know how far in you are. It Look, again, spoil it because it's all well, real. Yeah. Okay. You've, me, got, so. you've got Prince Andrew going to the queen telling her that Fergie's got us had her toes sucked so like it has everything <laughs> it's for all the family everyone can join in I also and I I think because we all have like a general awareness of some of the like for for our age group this is the series that we have touch points that we can kind of remember. I mean, like I, I mean, I was born in the early nineties. So most of this is not stuff that I actively remember watching on TV, but I remember learning about it kind of in the kind of decade afterwards as it being very recent kind of news. Um, So I guess it's interesting to see it play out. And I think that's actually what's quite nice about the crown is because there is this, turnover of cast every two seasons and the there is a very specific time frame that they're dealing with you really can watch it in silo you can watch one series yeah. and be like I've consumed kind of the early 90s and that period and and you can kind of drift personally I started watching the Olivia Coleman season three mm-hmm. and I was gonna do that and I loved it so much that I was like oh I kind of want to go back now and watch the Claire Foy seasons which I did um, so I kind of watched three and four and then one and two and now I'm watching five <laughs> so like definitely not in the desired order but it's a show that really allows it allows viewers to kind of pick and choose what they want to dive into doesn't it totally totally and that's I think it's appeal as well um yeah. oh, I mean this series yeah I need to finish it but the first couple of episodes I really loved it's had a bit of um I don't think it's been very well received compared to previous 
seasons. Why do you think that is? Is it is it just the climate? Is it just how recent the death of Queen Elizabeth is? Is it is it the nostalgia for the old cast? Like, what do you think is just not clicking for people? I have seen people tweet saying they're kind of disappointed that the storylines have kind of felt a little bit flat, uh, given the kind of gravity of what they're actually dealing with in terms of this the period that we're in. They, yeah. I think they just feel a little bit underwhelmed with how it's all been uh, put together. Is that a safety thing for Netflix? Like, that's a very good point. Yeah. Like, I mean, we've seen reports this weekend that Prince Philip looked into um, suing Netflix and and the options and the legal options he had available to him after season two, I believe it was, um, where the series seemed to blame him for the death of his sister, Princess Cecile, or Cecily, I think it was actually, mm-hmm. um, for people who. Remember that season, it was when we saw Prince Philip at school and he was having a tough time. His sister had to fly back to London to see him, I think. And it showed that she was pregnant and she was with her husband and her kids, I think. And she died on that plane. And the insinuation was very much in the show that it was Philip's fault that she was flying back to the UK. And we're now learning that he looked into his legal options against Netflix for the series. Now, obviously... As we know it, he didn't pursue that. I mean, we've not heard about any, you know, Mm. verified legal action taken. But it is, I guess, interesting to think about how Netflix navigates the climate at the minute. I mean, pre-Elizabeth's death, they could have gotten away with a little bit. And I think now, since she's died, there's very much this idea of we're still in that period of respect. And... And I think you get into an interesting conversation then because this show has blurred fact and fiction for its entire run. Like, it's not a documentary. Mm, mm, exactly. And then, you know, it is a dramatised version of events. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, they've, they there has been many a time where they've kind of fallen into trouble and, you know, have had these reactions and responses from the likes of Buckingham Palace, for example, yeah. um, only only recently before Series 5 was released, you know, voicing these concerns about how yeah. the king is going to be portrayed in, in the episodes and they're worried about his reputation. Um, but I know, I don't know, I think you kind of look forward, well, you, if you've seen, sorry, I'll start that again, but if you look towards Series 6, which they're filming at the moment, yeah. Another big, big area of contention is Princess oh, Diana's death. I've I've read this. So what what is it? What is it? The scene that people are are concerned about. So they have filmed not her death, but the lead up to the death, and they've filmed scenes going towards the car going towards the tunnel, and so they filmed that in Paris and in Barcelona, and. I mean, that is surely a step too far, isn't it? It's. I suppose it's interesting because it did happen. Like it yeah. is. It is reality, and and I guess you get into that mor- morality space of you know, and and again, this is echoed across so many genres of TV and documentary, and mm. you know, you know, fact or fiction, telly, whatever it might be. 
of, you know, it is the reality. Do we document the horrors of that reality of the press reportedly going into the tunnel after the accident, taking pictures of her body as she was dying? Like, do we go into the sensitivities of that because it happened and it's reported to have Mm. happened? Or do we take the moral high ground and say, yo, it was bad enough that that happened then. So we're not going to do it now. And I, I think of this all the time when it comes to like Britney Spears documentaries and like yeah. Amy Winehouse documentaries, you know, these women who have been monetized on their whole careers and their lives have been picked apart for entertainment their whole careers. And then this documentary comes in aiming to tell the story of the injustice of that, but they are also making money off of her, her off of their lives. And I think that's the really interesting, interesting sounds a bit soulless because obviously there's a life lost here and, and yeah. two boys who lost their mom and all that kind of stuff. But it's, I guess it's that line. And especially now that Elizabeth has died, I guess I would imagine producers are having that conversation of, you know, how how sensationalist do we want to get we want this to be a headline making show we want this to lean into the mm-hmm. scandals and the controversies of this family uh whether you love them or hate them but mm-hmm. but where do we stand on that like it's i wouldn't want i wouldn't want to be making the call i wouldn't want to be making the call <laughs> no me neither me neither it seems like a difficult difficult um it's a difficult job to like know how to know where to draw the line yeah um interest I haven't seen it all like I said I've seen the first two episodes I believe so I'm these are again they're not spoilers they happened well most of them happened this might be dramatized but some of the mistruths from season five to people who are watching I'm going to read out some now they have not impacted spoilers for me are you good Sydney for me to read through these go for them okay so Charles's plot to get the queen to abdicate is not depicted truthfully Prince Philip warning Princess Diana over the tell-all book, not truthfully depicted. Mohammed Al-Fayed seeing the Duke of Windsor in Egypt in 1946 means fucking nothing to me because I haven't seen it, but apparently (laughs) not as it happened. Uh, The Queen shed tears before giving her famous anus horrible speech. British listeners will know what that is more than Irish (laughs) listeners. No idea what that means. Uh, Queen and Prince Philip embrace in the ruins of Windsor Castle, apparently not fully truthful Diana told the Queen about the Panorama interview apparently not fully truthful uh, Diana's comment on being future Queen and John Major acting as an intermediary in Charles and Diana's divorce so apparently all of those stories as they're depicted in the crown is not tr- uh, shocking it's not how it went down <laughs> in reality so let's not absorb this show as like a yeah as a documentary retelling these these points in, in the royal family's lives um, Judy Dench has come out and made a statement. Have you seen this? She has. Oh, yes, she so, hates the crown. <laughs> she hates the crown, right? She really doesn't <laughs> like the show. She has called on Netflix to add a disclaimer to the opening of every episode, uh, alerting viewers that the fact is that the series is a fictionalized drama. She had issues with two scenes in particular. One was the scene in the first episode, I believe, where Charles is speaking with uh, then Prime Minister John Major about reports that Elizabeth should abdicate to her son Charles, given popularity polls at the time. The irony of that, knowing where we are today. Um, <laughs> and she had a, she had an issue with scenes that showed Charles begging Elizabeth to allow him to divorce Diana. I'm not there yet, but 
But again, she thought that was that was not correct. The quote is saying uh, from Judy is saying from Judy. I should say Dame. De- is she Dame? Dame Dench? Dame, yeah. Okay. Dame Judy, <laughs> she said, this is both cruelly unjust to the individuals and damaging to the institution they represent. No one is a greater believer in artistic freedom than I, but this cannot go unchallenged. Have Netflix added? I thought I saw they had added the fictionalized drama. But in this article that I read, which was from three days ago, they said they hadn't. I should have Googled this before I came on. <laughs> Let me do a quick, like, I mean, I don't think it damages the show for them to put a note at the beginning. No, but people know it's a drama. Yeah. Right? You're not watching, you're not tuning in and thinking, oh, this this is what happened. This is exactly what happened. Do you know what I mean? There's definitely someone who's doing like there's definitely someone who is like, this is what <laughs> happened. Like this is exactly it. I mean, I don't think it does any damage to the show. No, like I, those I people right. are probably not reading the opening credit. You know what I mean? Like they're probably not yeah. reading every yeah. credit that comes up on the screen. I mean, I don't also, like half that shit I don't read either. People skip the intro anyway. Yeah. It's too long. <laughs> no. Do you watch it ever? Do you ever watch it? I'll watch it the first episode and then that's me done for the series. Yeah, that's it. Once I've seen it once and I've had those opening credits, I've had the music. That's yeah. it. I'm not wasting those 15 seconds. No, no. I know, yeah, it's it's literally a blip. It's so, so, <laughs> there's nothing in it, but I'm like, absolutely not. There's this show I started watching. Um, did I actually talk about it on here? I can't remember, but I, I, we went away a couple of weeks ago and I was like, I need a show to watch on the plane. Like something easy that's not going to melt my mind. And I started watching Single Drunk Female. I don't know if you've seen it on. Oh, I haven't. It's re- I had never heard of it. It's on Disney plus I think yeah. um, and it's basically about this like 20 something year old girl who finds her finds out kind of late in her 20s that she's like oh shit I'm an alcoholic and like I should probably do something about this and it's about her kind of journey with AA and the people she meets along the way and the kind of bridges that she's burned and is trying to rebuild it's funny like it's a dark comedy um, yeah, yeah. but the, the point I'm making the opening intro is literally like the three like single drunk female like popping up on the screen and Disney Plus gives you the option to skip the intro and I did it the first time thinking there was a really long intro and then I like <laughs> skipped like a full scene and I was like shit where am I I'm missing context to this where am I so, God like, bless Disney Plus for doing that though get, yeah they're like let's save them that <laughs> 1.4 seconds exactly. <laughs> for the font <laughs> let's leave it go um we are going to really quickly touch on this because we're at, we're at a time and there's not a huge amount of back and forth on this because it's it's kind of a it's a bit of a immovable story mm. right now. But <laughs> I wanted to talk about it because I feel like there's a lot of people who probably don't know who what's going on here or who this person is, and they might be just becoming aware of her, having seen her on kind of their feeds and things like this. And that's the Britney Griner story that kind of broke this week. Um about her being moved to what are they calling it um their work camps is that what they're calling it I think that's it's something along those lines yeah like like work camps right so she's this is the story that broke this week for a bit of context she is a WNBA star from the US who is being held in Russia um and has just been transferred to a prison camp sorry um somewhere in Russia we're not aware of where that is um according to her lawyers who spoke out this week she had been held in a pretrial detention center in Moscow since she was detained in February for carrying a small number of vapes uh, or vape cartridges containing cannabis oil um she had been sentenced to a nine year sentence which was upheld last month um and there's obviously much talk from the US about how this is 
a kind of just a way for them to gain kind of political bargaining power over the US. Um, they're saying that it's a trump up large scale drug smuggling. Um, they're trumping up the large scale drug smuggling charges, sorry, against Greiner um, in order to seize her as a political bargaining chip. Um, in these prison camps, inmates are obliged to work uh, kind of sewing clothes, manufacturing other goods, including some tourist souvenirs. Um, prisoners are expected to work eight hours a day, sometimes more in really poor conditions. Um, some former prisoners are calling them sweatshops and other things that I don't want to say because I, they, it's people's opinions and it might not be whatever. Um, they receive very little money for this kind of work. Um, and most experts are saying that Griner won't be forced to do the same kind of labor that many other prisoners will, given the kind of public scrutiny that that could um, have uh, or could blow back on Russia and the damage that it could do is to her usefulness as a political bargaining chip. I know this is a pop culture podcast and we talk about entertainment and light stuff, but this is definitely a story that is seeping into that space, given just how shocking it is. And given, I suppose, the other atrocities that are going on in Russia, this is like, this seems like a really scary situation given that it's been going on now for quite a while. Like February was the sentencing and still she is there and doesn't there doesn't seem to be much movement on getting her out but often as we've seen with many of these situations it can be a slow process to get these kind of prisoners of war and our prisoners in foreign countries but especially out of Russia at a time like this. It's so sad to read these updates on Brittany and uh, I think she's we have to remember as well so she's a black lesbian American everything is stacked against her right now like she's yeah. completely helpless. She had less than a gram of cannabis oil. Yeah. It's mad. It's completely mad. And it's so unfair. It's horrifically horrifically unfair that she is literally being used as a pawn in this Russia US political sphere. Yeah. It's- yeah, it is. It's really scary. Um and this is just, like I said, the latest um, update on this. I will say there are tons of podcasts that go into the detail of her trial, her sentencing, where she is now, what the political kind of landscape looks like to get her out. Um, so if this is something that you're kind of vaguely aware of or a story that has kind of popped up on your feed, but you don't know the ins and outs of it, go and go and listen to a podcast. There's tons of explainers, one hour episodes or shorter that would kind of give you a digest of what is going on. Um, because it's really, and like you said, the fact that she is a part of so many minority groups in a country like Russia is very scary. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to touch on that as a big update this week. Um, but we'll move on to the lighter stuff again. Don't worry. We'll talk about some lighter stuff. Loves of the week, things that have brought us joy this week, that have made us smile. I will go first. I it is today. Let me triple check. The thirteenth of November. It's ready. It's time for Christmas, guys. I love an early Christmas. I love an early Christmas. Cindy, are you an early Christmas person or are you a December first or bust? Oh, hey, there's no harm in it. There is no harm in it. Get there's the Baileys no- out. Get them. I've yeah. already started on the mince pies. So, you know what? Are you a mince pie person? I am. I okay. love a mince pie. Hot or cold, custard, hot or cold. Yeah. How do we feel about it. pudding? Christmas pudding. Oh, yeah. I love it. Do yeah. you? Oh, yeah. you love yeah. like a fruit, a fruit dessert, like yeah. treat. 
Oh, and a panettone. Oh, we have, yeah. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm here for it. I'm okay with Pantone, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I ease myself in. I like the early Christmas stuff, like the Christmas drinks in coffee shops and stuff, and like seeing an old turkey and cranberry sandwich. And I'm like, oh, that's a little, little oh, change. I love, I love the Christmas sandwiches. Oh, I love them. They should so be a good. whole year thing. So I would be so up for signing that change.org. A hundred percent. It should be a whole or like the Christmas, like the crisps that they do around Christmas that are like, you know, yeah. pigs and blanket. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, let's try. I'm gonna set up that um petition tomorrow. I'm gonna let's, do it. Yeah, let's do it. And then you can report on it for the metro. You can yeah, be like exactly. thousand sign change.org. I can see it from page news. This is it. Breaking tomorrow morning. Look out. Get guys. me my Pulitzer. <laughs> This is what we dreamed of when we studied journalism in college. It was stories like this. No, I love it. I love early Christmas. I love uh I love seeing like the ice skating rinks pop up. I love seeing all the little like fake snow and the igloos pop up for little boozy brunches and stuff. I love it. I love it. I'm like, I don't love all the the pressure to buy presents. Like I don't like that. The commer- like the commer- like the oh, stuff. I, the pressure. Yeah. 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 That stuff, no. But all the all the environmental Goodness I love the lead, the lead up to it and also the Christmas lights. Yeah. I do love yeah. that aspect. But yeah, there is so much yeah. pressure, isn't there? There's always there so much is. Pressure. Especially like is. this year as well. It's, it feels like it's a know, different beast. Cost of living year, crisis. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, it re- it, yeah. It's it's a different year. It really is a different year. And I feel like look, 13th of November, for everyone like me who's still buying presents on like the 23rd of, of December. Now is a really good, I'm going to do it this week, I think. I, I say this every year and I'm like, mm, I think I'm going to put in all my online orders this week and just be like, bish, bash, bosh, we're done and dusted. And I can fully enjoy being selfish then for the next however many weeks up until Christmas because I've done all of my prep work. I say this now, next week I'll probably have <laughs> not a thing ordered. Like, not a thing. Um, What have you been loving this week? Has anything brought you joy? Yes, I'm gonna have to go back to TV though. Um, I have been loving buying Beverly Hills on Netflix. <gasps> oh my god, it? I'm so glad you brought this up. I totally <laughs> forgot I was watching this this week. I oh my god, I'm obsessed, and I have my colleague Rishma to thank because she was the one who pointed me in the direction of of buying Beverly Hills, and I binged it. Okay. It's so much better than Selling Sunset and Selling the OC. It's okay, strong claim. Strong claim oh. but- Oh my god, Cindy, I didn't even know. Oh my god, there's this whole world of conversation that I feel like we're gonna miss out on. Okay, I have two <laughs> questions. Do yeah. and I feel like you've answered one. Do you like selling sunset? Yeah, I love selling sunset. Oh. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. No, it's okay. You're allowed. No, you're allowed to like it. Don't feel bad. I just think it's so I just oh, it just disappoints me so much. Like so much. And are you a housewives fan? So I have seen a couple of seasons of Beverly Hills. Okay. Uh, and Atlanta. I'm not up to date. I know bits and bobs of what's okay. happening in Beverly Hills, but I'm like five seasons behind. But you, but you get the like, you get like the importance of Mauricio and like what oh, his character. Like, yes, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know. I'm so with you. And I put it up on my Instagram, and so many people were like, "It's so boring," and like, "There's no drama." And I'm like, "Sorry. Firstly, show me the drama on Selling Sunset." Other than the one interesting storyline was that Christine was trying to poach clients with like bro- like bribe clients. And then they were like, no, we're not discussing that anymore. It's like, why did you give us one good storyline and then you take it away? I was like, fuck this. 
So I'm like, Selling Sunset is not giving us like hot, like real estate tea. Okay. It's not. There's also all these stories about the houses not being really for sale and all that nonsense. Right. But like, mm-hmm. whatever. Also, the two twins are the scariest thing I've ever seen. I can't with them. They're <laughs> terrifying. Oh, I can't. They're terrifying. Buying Beverly Hills is so good because I actually feel like this is realistic office drama. Like yes. it's so like low bar stuff, but you're like, oh, I'd be so pissed if she did that. I love 100%. it. Also, I have to say the houses are next level. Like yeah. they shit all over the Selling Sunset houses. Oh, like because what was what was um Davina's wood set? Was that like a seven point five million? No, well she had one that was like I want to say it was like eighty four million or something that was absolutely was- insane, and that was like the biggest listing that they had. Uh, yeah, and they were going crazy about like you're never. Was it? It was yeah. What seventy five million dollars? Maybe seventy five. It was something like that. And then in the first episode of Buying Beverly Hills, it's like oh, they're like <laughs> these are like little cottages to them. They're yeah. like here is this plot yeah. of land worth five hundred million. You're like whoa, okay, we're yeah. talking big bucks. They yeah, I love it. I'm really really hurt, but go on. I was kind of hoping to see Kyle in it some more you know what I mean is that presumably that's a contractual thing right like presumably that's like a yeah I would say so Bravo have got her haven't they yeah it's it's so interesting because I when when they announced this I was really curious because obviously Mauricio who is Kyle Richards's husband owns the agency and he's kind of the lead which again delighted that he's in it because like Brett and Jason, Jason is in it a little bit, but Brett is like, I could not give a fuck about this television oh, show. Yeah, like, out. I'm not partaking. Um, Mauricio really, from what I've seen, I'm, I think I'm about four episodes in, he really partakes. I'm really surprised that Farah is as vocal as she is. Because on The Real Houses of Beverly Hills, she's you rarely... We hear Alexia. Alexia is kind mm. of familiar to us. She's definitely more vocal. But Farah is like mute like she never talks on the Beverly Hills so I'm really surprised actually that she's so even she's in like main episode, character main yeah. character energy in buying Beverly Hills she's literally yeah. front and center along with Mauricio she's definitely um, getting a wedding special right like when her and the fella get married like they're definitely 100 percent because like Paris is going to be her bridesmaid like Paris Hilton oh of course yeah, yeah I feel I feel like there's going to be a whole episode dedicated to, to that um yeah Oh, I just love it. I think it's also because there's so much nepotism and yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny to watch. You're like, oh, this privilege. Yeah. I just, I yeah, I feel like there's, I just enjoy it more than that. Selling Sunset just never clicked for me. Selling the OC, I enjoy. I like selling the OC more than selling Sunset. Selling the OC was yeah. chaos. Yeah, it was chaos. I liked it. it. <laughs> I liked it. And then all the Britney Snow stuff afterwards, which we discussed on here. Oh I was like, God. this is I like, mean, she had to break up with him, right? She had to break up. There was, up. There no, was no choice. It was like, I would be so humiliated if I were her. It was actually, oh, it was like, level. even watching it, I was like, we're going to be hearing about her. Like, there's no yeah. way she's going to be okay with this. Like, yeah. there's just no like way. publicly humiliated on that show. Brutal. Poor thing. Brutal. <laughs> no, and I like, I like buying Beverly Hills as well because you do actually feel like you're. The, like the, I think Selling Sunset has drifted a little bit from the premise of the show being the real estate and like mm-hmm. yeah that's just the foundation and there's all this other stuff to enjoy like the office dynamics and all that kind of stuff but I think so far from what I've seen of By Beverly Hills they do a slightly better job of actually weaving 
the real estate stuff through all of the narratives. And I, I personally love real estate shows. I love a house tour. Me too. Love I'm it. obsessed with like property porn. So yeah. this show, and then this show has it in like bucketfuls and the houses are next level. They are insane. And oh my God, I'm so glad you were. No one up. should have that amount of wealth, but <laughs> yeah, these houses. But they do. <laughs> it's really, it actually is sickening. I mean, they talk about the commissions. I and they're know. like oh my god they make so have you ever considered going into real estate I have yes. when I hear the commissions <laughs> like, I do a house tour. <laughs> like oh I need to go and get my broker's license how hard can it be yeah. also they always is that even it. how it works here like <laughs> <laughs> they keep my saying brokers. they keep saying like oh 80% of realtors fail how, I, what why do they just not get good listings <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea. But we are so dumbing down this job. Like, we're being so disrespectful to, like, hardcore real estate agents. We're like, how hard is it? Like, let me just get my license. <laughs> I'll go out and sell a few houses, make a we few million. We could do it. I, I think have we could. Yeah. I think we could. Look. <laughs> yeah. I think we could do it. Like, let's see. I'm going to look into it, just as a matter of interest. stories before we go we spoke about I'm a celebrity at length earlier in the episode um it got me thinking about like ultimate because you hear these stories or questions all the time of like who's your dinner party guests and all this stuff I'm like who is on your ultimate I'm a celeb lineup have you got anyone that jumps to mind or do you want me to give some examples first while you think it over I'm gonna be really controversial one thing they have I'm to be pay. alive. That's the only thing. That's the only thing. They have to be alive. Okay, can I pick three? Yeah. You know, yeah, you can pick as many as you want. Yeah. Okay. I think Gemma Collins. Yeah. She didn't get her she didn't have enough time in the jungle. She chickened out. Why but... is she not doing all stars? Why is she not doing it? I have no idea. Maybe they tried to get her and she was like, no, nah, you're not paying me enough. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I can imagine That's her doing this. that. That's probably <laughs> what it is. <laughs> okay, so Gemma Collins, who were the other two? I'd love to see her. Um, Kim Woodburn. Oh, yeah. Yes, Kim Woodburn would be so cool. Also, Katie Price. Yeah. I remember I watching that season on TV. Like, I was way too young to watch it. But I remember watching that on TV being like, this is the best. And she had, like, all the braids and, like... Yeah. Carrie Fatone. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. so some of the suggestions that we got... Um, Carl Pil- Pilkington, Maura Higgins, I'm presuming, Mickey Flanagan and Jen Shah, once she finishes her prison, prison sentence, that's a housewife's reference, so you, you might get it, but I would agree that Jen Shah would be really good. Maura Higgins, I love Maura. I love Maura and what she did for Love Island and what she did for Irish representation in Love Island, but I think, I'm going to say controversial, I think people hold her as like this like the goat of reality TV and I'm like she's definitely top tier but I'm like what would I I don't know what she translate to other like Ek and Sue is not going to be as good on Dancing on Ice she's not so oh, don't I'm get excited I'm so angry about that such <laughs> disappointment yeah. so such disappointing she could have gone anywhere or done anything oh. anyway um no but yeah. question so the question that you asked just then ultimate I'm a celeb lineup yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't all stars, was it? No, but I suppose our your personal also yeah, it doesn't have to be all doesn't have to be past our, our campmates. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm trying Another to think. suggestion was uh, Maura Higgins, Stacey Solomon, Joanne McNally and Lewis Capaldi. Joanne McNally, I don't know if you, do you know who Joanne McNally is? No, She's an Irish comedian. Oh, okay. So do you know Vogue Williams? Yes. Okay, so she does the podcast. My therapist goes to me with Vogue Williams. Sorry, oh, that's I an ambulance. <laughs> sorry, I live in the loudest apartment in the world. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> that was another one. Uh, someone else said Ovi from Love Island. Obviously, Daniel O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. I would see. I would watch Daniel O'Donnell in the jungle. Ross Purcell. She's an Irish influencer. Uh, Kelly Harrington. It's an Irish boxer. Sorry, these are very Irish focused. Uh, <laughs> And then Lib Andrew. Oh, Love is Blind. Who's Andrew on Love is Blind? Andrew on Love is Blind. Is that the guy who's, who put the eye drops in his eyes? Let me Google real quick. Oh, from the new series. Oh, Jesus. This this series can... Did you watch Love is Blind? I haven't watched this series. I haven't. Is it good? I mean, is it worth me watching? Yes. Because I, I, it's another one that I didn't enjoy from Netflix. Love is Blind. I just found it overhyped. I didn't feel like there was a, enough of a reward this season has been really good and it's just finished and the reunion has aired so you can get like it's all there waiting for you when you're ready so it'll Amazing. be good it'll be good um final one I'll say this is a housewives kind of heavy Ramona from New York Sonia from New York Vicky from OC Tamara from OC Maura <sighs> Montana oh sorry Maura comma Montana from Love Island and then a bunch of sexy guys. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, you've had time to think, who would you get in there? If they're, if it's not All-Stars framed, who are you getting in? I actually, off the top of my head. I want to cause chaos. Like, I want it to be Yeah, I want someone who's going to be really dramatic and actually give us some good TV. Um, who is gonna do yeah. that for us? Who's gonna do that? There's like there's no shortage, but it has to be the right kind of person, right? Like, oh, like I want like I want, but don't want to see someone like Piers Morgan in there. I'm like, I want to see <sighs> him with like someone who's like incredibly opposite of him. <laughs> like I want to see like Yeah, who could we put him with? Like Alex Beresford oh. again. I should have thought this through as well before I came on here. I'm just going to Google know, celebrities. I really didn't. Comes... <laughs> I'm going to Google celebrities and see what pictures come up. Um, hmm. Who would be a good company? Car- Cardi B could be funny. <laughs> oh, she would be brilliant. She would be so funny in the eating challenges if she had to do it. Can you imagine ITV trying to clear the budget to get Cardi B on? <laughs> <laughs> they would have no budget left. It would just they be would... her in the camp. Literally nothing. They'd be like, that's it. Sorry, guys. Anton Deck, no salary for you this year. Um, David Attenborough would be good, wouldn't he? Oh, he would be brilliant. He would oh, be he would be good. He'd be exempt from all the trials, though. Oh, feel. yeah, he would. Uh, I'd give him a pass. I'd be like, just give us cute little stories around the fire yeah. pit. Um, exactly. Oh, who else? I'm going to think about this more and I'm going to put it up on Instagram, what I think. And you can do the same. Send him to me, Sydney, and we'll put up a little... Yes. We'll do. Yeah, we'll yeah, have yeah. a. We'll have a real strategic. I say this now. I'd probably totally forget to do this, but I'll try. I'll try and remember. Um, Sydney, I'm so glad that we didn't get to talk about buying Beverly Hills more, but I'm glad that you brought that and we had oh. that quick because I'm loving it. I need to go back and finish it now. That's also be... you're the first person I've really spoken to about it. Oh. So I am glad to have oh. finally got it out of my system about how obsessed. It's so good. <laughs> oh. No, I'm so good. Sydney, I'm so glad we finally got to do this chat. Thank you for going through all of these stories with me. Um, 
stay strong over the next few weeks covering Matt Hancock in the jungle because I know you're probably going to be like in a corner somewhere shaking by the end of it all. <laughs> Literally send thoughts and prayers. <laughs> that's all That's all we can do. It's all we can do. Sydney <laughs> Yates, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to my guest, Sydney Yates, for joining me this week on the podcast. And thank you to you guys for tuning in each and every week. You can find us over on Instagram and TikTok at don'tquoteme.podcast. And you can also find us on all of your favorite podcast apps so you can listen whenever and wherever you like. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And yes, all of the latest goss. We'll talk to you then. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.